Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro bringing you an early morning episode of Monday Madness on June 6, 2022. Strange to think that we have 42.9% of the year all wrapped up at this point, but hey, here we are. In just a few more weeks, we will have put a full wrap on half one of 2022, and it certainly fits in with the kookiness of the 20s that we've experienced so far. But you didn't come here to reminisce on fond memories of the past. You came here to get the scoop on the most revealing statistics and impactful news stories within the realm of energy. So let's get to it. First, we've got to take a look at commodity prices. Last week, WTI saw an average of about $115, but it did end up climbing above $120 early this Monday morning. Since then, it's fallen just a bit to about $118, $119-ish, but it sure looks like we will be retesting that $120 ceiling very soon, especially with the full-blown conflict between Russia and Ukraine still going on. While this is all very fine and interesting, we must also consider that natural gas is on a run-up at the time of writing the script. I've even had to go back and update this section as price keeps climbing and climbing. Monday started at about $8.80, but fresh fears of tight global supply have pushed it all the way up to $9.30. I'm telling you folks, $9 and $9.50 will offer some heavy resistance, but I think the summer months will make $10 natural gas a reality. Not too much else to say here is we're really still operating within the same parameters that we have been for weeks now, so know that these commodities are volatile and any news will be sure to result in some super speedy change. Next up is the rig count. It seems that we're about where we need to be because the acceleration in activity from recent weeks has leveled out, and this week we see no net change. This leaves us at 727 total rigs in the U.S., which is 271 more rigs than we had this time last year. This is a really weird set of data to look through because analysis of the major basins show one rig lost by the can of Woodford, DJ Niobrara, and Haynesville. No mention of any new rigs. State by state, we see that Wyoming gets two new rigs. Well, Texas, California, and North Dakota each lose one. Really, it's quiet between state by state in those major basins. Other than that, this data is a ghost out of zeros, so... Don't get discouraged by no change. Look at the long term. Rigs are up quite a bit since 2020 kicked off, and we're just about 100 rigs away from being at pre-pandemic rig count levels. Not too shabby at all. We wrap up the statistics with our inventory report. Last week, we celebrated one full year of weekly Thirsty Thursday reports and had ourselves a bottle of champagne. If you missed the celebration, that's too bad. Still, here's the content that you might want to know about. The EIA expected to capitalize on the recent small drawdowns with another drawdown of just over a million barrels. The reported drawdown was actually much closer to an even 5 million barrels. The API expected inventories to stay relatively unchanged, but they too reported a draw, a much smaller draw, but a draw nonetheless. This alludes to a possible trend of drawdowns. The last time we saw three consecutive weeks of drawdowns was way back at the start of this year. With peak driving season and the reopening of economies, Shanghai included, in full force, it looks like domestic inventories could get a little bit tighter. About everyone would be thankful for cheaper gasoline at this point, but that looks unlikely. The most recent inventory report reveals that inventories did in fact fall, but only about 700,000 barrels, which really is one of the better outcomes and better drawdowns from recent weeks. Up until now, it looked like domestic inventories would continue on a downward spiral, but this new report provides some hope for leveling out. I mean, we're still pointing down, just not as steep as before. 
If inventories change by zero barrels every week, we wouldn't see normal domestic levels until about July, and that would be just scraping by on the bottom of the historical range. As you might imagine, this has done nothing positive for gas prices. Depending on where you are, a gallon of gas may cost as much as an hour of work at minimum wage. For a minute there, it looked like prices were going down, but it turns out $4 gas was just temporary relief before experiencing a little bit more pain. At the end of the day, I'm more of an energy analyst than an official data scientist, but it sure looks like gasoline is getting more expensive much more quickly than it was before. At this point, it may be cheaper to spend all your gas money on energy drinks and coffee so that you can run or bike everywhere. Maybe not healthier, but certainly cheaper. Propane inventories are still in a healthy territory. I don't know why they perform so well, but <laughs> it's been one of the most stable commodities in this time. Distillates just saw a much-needed build as the U.S. works to address the growing issue of diesel shortages, especially on the East Coast, which is expected to compound and further exacerbate existing inflation issues. Freight and shipping are only getting more expensive, also thanks to labor shortages, but this severe lack of diesel certainly isn't helping. Here's hoping we can get those domestic distillate inventories even higher throughout the year. But that rounds out all of our weekly statistics. I still can't believe we made it through a whole year of those inventory reports on top of all of the other content that we continue to churn out. The audience is certainly growing as we are near 25,000 total podcast plays, and we just surpassed 500 cumulative hours of watch time on YouTube. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you, dear audience, whether you've been here from the start or just found this podcast last week. We've encountered some friendly and interesting folks and expanded our networks thanks to your support of this media arm of the company. Not only that, but your continued viewership ensures that I keep a job. So thank you for these past two and a half years of content. All right, that's enough sappiness. We've got news to look at. As energy prices get higher and higher, it seems that the U.S. is getting more desperate to introduce really any supplies to the market. This is why some experts believe that the U.S. may start turning a blind eye to illegal trades that go against U.S. sanctions, especially in the case of Iran. While a nuclear deal has not really been reached, Iran's oil exports are expected to increase so they can get in on that sweet, sweet high-price action. At the latest count, Iran was producing at about 2.55 million barrels of oil per day, although it does have the capacity to produce as much as 3.8 million. Mike Mueller, head of Asia at Vital, said it well, quote, If the midterms are dominated by needing to keep gas prices low in America, turning a somewhat greater blind eye to the sanctioned barrels flowing out, and competing with Russia for that matter, is probably something that you might expect to see. There's a chance that Uncle Sam might actually allow a little bit more of that oil to flow, end quote. Consider that the Biden administration was practically begging some of these larger countries to produce more. Why would they not allow a few extra thousand barrels in here and there? Won't have a huge impact, no, but it's better than commodity prices getting that much more worse. I'd imagine the EU will consider a similar approach to sanction oil with their new aggressive recent bans, which really makes you question why they even exist in the first place. In better news, Libya has once again opened up their largest oil field. The Sharara field has a capacity of about 300,000 barrels per day and was non-operational due to a series of protests which demanded a transfer of powers from the existing prime minister, Dubaiba, to now sworn in Bashaga. These protesters were also upset with the way current oil and gas revenues were distributed. Since the protests started, Libya has been exporting less and less oil, getting as low as 819,000 barrels per day in April, which was the lowest volume since October of 2020. 
Still, the Sharara field won't be operating at full production until that country is able to set up a mechanism for what everyone perceives as fair oil revenue distribution. Delayed revenue has been a hurdle for everyone involved, especially as infrastructure budgeting has been impossible, despite a serious pipeline leak that removed another 22,000 barrels of production per day from Libya. Libya has really been struggling with getting oil to market, but they may be able to do a greater part very soon. Next, we've got some updates from the EPA concerning gasoline. First, they rejected dozens of requests from small refineries looking for biofuel exemption. They feel we're mostly out of this pandemic, so we should be able to hold people to some pretty serious standards. Biofuel requirements were lowered through the pandemic to cut refiners a break, but now they're looking to get slightly above 2019 levels. For reference, importers and refiners were required to blend about 20 billion gallons of renewable fuel into gasoline and diesel back in 2019. In 2020, that dropped to about 17 billion. This year, the goal is back up to 20 at 20.77 billion gallons, putting us back on track for continued increases. Oil groups are lobbying against this decision as they feel there's just enough ethanol to meet demand, meaning that the price for ethanol, probably corn too, and transversely, gasoline could go up. Not only that, but about 25% of the blended biofuels cannot be corn ethanol, but rather advanced biofuels, like your sort of uh, algae that sequesters carbon. This is not a new requirement, but it still seems like the days of $3 gasoline now in the rearview mirror. At some point, the presidential administration has to consider how these high energy prices are hurting families, but apparently we have just not reached that point yet. Maybe it'll change when we get closer to midterms. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today's episode. If you want more content, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn as we always post the newest piece almost daily, or you can go through years worth of content on www.rarepetro.com. We've got everything sorted out there, so go ahead and search for really any energy-related term, and we're almost guaranteed to have written a little something-something about it. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro, and until we see you next time, take care, everybody. 